0: Hello everyone wherever in the world you're listening from. I know we've had listeners over the years from every continent and it's been many many years since I've done any of these episodes but I think it's time to restart. So lots has happened in my life, finished my training, started a consultant job and I'm now, I've been a consultant for a couple of years and I forgot how much I really really enjoyed teaching and doing these podcasts so I think it's time to restart them. For those of you unfamiliar with this podcast, it is an on the go revision tool for your FRCR radiology exams. Essentially, you can listen to the episodes that attempt to simplify complicated topics and you can listen to them while you're doing your washing, your laundry, out on a run, at the gym and commuting to and from work. The only problem I've been having is it's been so many years since I've even looked at any exam material, I've forgotten what it is you need to know. So please drop me an email. I will open that inbox that I haven't touched in years. And let me know what topics you need simplifying or help with and I can get going. I'm planning to do a couple of episodes a week and hopefully get back on track. So let's not waste any more time and head straight into lesions of the jaw. Now, if people find these quite confusing, we'll try to simplify them. We're going to start with, there are four lesions. We're going to start with a periapical cyst. The clue is in the name, periapical. It's going to be around the apex of the tooth. These are also called radicular cysts and dental cysts. And what's happening here is dental caries will cause inflammation Inflammation becomes chronic, granuloma develops and it stimulates epithelial cells to undergo necrosis and you end up with a cyst. These are usually small, about a centimetre, round ovoid lesions, and they are at the apex of the tooth, like I've said, periapical, the clue's in the name. It will have a very thin rim of bone around it, very well demarcated, they can sometimes get infected, in which case it will be ill-defined with signs of inflammation, but normally they're not. And the clue here is patients will have dental caries in the affected tooth and elsewhere. You can tell caries on imaging because um, you'll see erosions at the crown of the tooth. So periapical cyst around the apex caused by dental caries and resulting inflammation. That's nice and straightforward. We'll move on to dentigerous cysts now after a break. those of you new to the podcast I do put in music and try and make it a bit like a radio show to make it more entertaining and less boring. Let's move on now to dentigerous cysts also called follicular cysts. I have to do a little bit of dentistry with you now just to explain these. So a tooth has a crown and a root very straightforward my 10 year old knows that. Now a root is covered by cementum and the crown of the tooth is covered by enamel. Now, where the enamel covering the crown and the cementum covering the root, the place where they meet at the neck of the tooth, the junction, is aptly called the cementum enamel junction, the CEJ. Now, while the tooth is not yet erupted, it's also covered then by a layer of connective tissue and a second layer overlying that called enamel organ epithelium, These are special cells that produce enamel. So you've got an unerupted tooth in a child. It's covered by a layer of connective tissue and then a second layer of enamel organ epithelium, special cells that produce enamel. Now, once enamel production is complete, that layer of enamel organ epithelium will atrophy because it's no longer required. And once it atrophies, it's got another apt name, the reduced enamel epithelium. So now we have a tooth that's not yet erupted, it's covered in enamel, some connective tissue over that enamel, and finally a protective layer of reduced enamel epithelium. This whole combination of connective tissue and reduced enamel epithelium covering the tooth is called the dental follicle. And as I've said, it will overlie the crown of an unerupted tooth, this dental follicle. Now, as that tooth, and there's a reason I'm telling you all this, because it makes this easier to understand. As that tooth starts to push through and try to erupt, pressure will compress the dental follicle. And that increases venous pressure within the follicle and you get fluid transudation and accumulating inside the follicle. That is basically a dentigerous cyst. It's fluid transudate within the dental follicle that overlies the enamel. So it makes sense that this dentigerous cyst is only going to cover the enamel because only the enamel is covered by the connective tissue and the enamel organ epithelium. So we know the enamel ends at the neck of the tooth, remember, at the cemento-enamel junction. So a dentigerous cyst is going to enclose the crown of the tooth and it's going to end at the neck, at the level of the cemento-enamel junction. There was a reason I was telling you all that stuff. So dentigerous literally means enclosing a tooth. That's what a dentigerous cyst is. Usually occurs in the third molar tooth. That's the most common ones to be impacted and do not erupt. And these teeth usually erupt in the second and third decades. So that's obviously the most common age of presentation for dentigerous cysts. One interesting note about these, they're almost always solitary, but you can get multiple dentigerous cysts in something called clidocranial dysplasia, which you will have read about for your 2A revision. Imaging is straightforward because now you know what it is, you can guess what the imaging is going to be. A lucent lesion covering the crown of an unerupted tooth, and it's going to end at the CEJ, at the cementoenamel junction. Now, often you can diagnose these very easily on OPG. They have a very characteristic appearance: lucent lesion surrounding the crown of an unerupted tooth. That's a dentigerous cyst. So we've done periapical cysts, done dentigerous cysts. We'll move on to odontogenic keratocyst. Um. odontogenic keratocyst big words actually quite simple odontogenic simply means arising from cells that create teeth so a bit more dentistry again it's there's a reason i give you the dentistry so in the developing embryo within the mouth where the teeth will eventually appear the oral epithelium will start to thicken and create ridges these ridges are called dental lamina remember we talked about the enamel organ epithelium In the dentigerous cyst section. Well, that will develop eventually from the dental lamina. Why have I mentioned lamina? Because these odontogenic keratocysts are thought to be derived from dental lamina. Now, pathophysiology you don't need to know, but it's been described as a two-hit mechanism. There's loss of tumor suppressor genes and some dysregulation of oncoproteins, but ignore that. All you need to know is derived from the dental lamina, hence the word odontogenic. Now, 90% of these are solitary. A small number of cases, they can be multiple. If they are multiple, that's an easy exam question. They're very, very strongly associated with basal cell carcinoma syndrome, also called Gorlin-Goltz syndrome. So that's when you have multiple odontogenic keratocysts, but the vast, vast majority are solitary. And what will we see on imaging? A very well-defined unilocular lucent lesion often expansile, thin wall. Um, If they're in the mandible, you'll see them growing along the bone. Um, In the maxilla, they may grow into the maxillary sinus. But the most important things you need to remember is the MRI findings. On MRI, they're going to be high signal on T1 because they're filled with cholesterol and keratin. So they've got a very well-defined, one locule, not loculated, single, unilocular, well-defined lucent lesion usually expansile, high T1 signal because it's full of keratin, that's in the name, and full of cholesterol. Also, the fact they're filled with keratin means they will restrict diffusion. And after giving some contrast, you may get a little bit of peripheral enhancement, but there are no solid or enhancing components in this cyst. So odontogenic keratocyst, a very quick recap, nice and straightforward. These are derived from the dental lamina, very well-defined unilocular lucent lesion, usually expansile. Key findings on MR, they're going to be high T1 signal because they're filled with keratin and cholesterol. They're also going to restrict diffusion. The clue's in the name. It's a keratocyst. It's filled with keratin, hence the high T1 signal and diffusion restriction. And a little bit of contrast enhancement peripherally, but there'll be no solid components. That's it for Odontogenic keratocyst. We'll move on now to the last lesion. Lesion is amyloblastoma. Amel is an old English word for enamel, and these lesions arise from the odontogenic epithelium. They usually arise in the mandible, and the vast majority have a characteristic appearance. It's an expansile soap bubble appearance. They're heavily multiloculated. MR is the giveaway. They're going to be mixed, solid, and cystic, unlike any of the other lesions we've already discussed. They often have thick walls, and large papillary projections projecting into the center of the lesion. Solid components, they'll have multiple solid components, and they will enhance strongly following contrast. Now, compare that to the previous lesion we discussed, odontogenic keratocyst, which was a unilocular thin-walled lesion that had maybe some mild peripheral enhancement, but definitely no solid components. Amyloblastoma, in contrast to that, is mixed solid cystic, Papillary projections and strongly enhancing solid components. These are benign lesions, but they can be very locally aggressive, incredibly high recurrence weight after surgery. You'll notice these lesions will resorb adjacent teeth, and a classic feature you read about is blunting of the root of the teeth nearby. These can grow beyond the bone into local soft tissue, they're very, very locally aggressive. And that's it. That's all four lesions and characteristic imaging findings. So a quick recap, again, periapical, the clues in the name, also called a radicular cyst, periapical, around the apex, a small, round, lucent lesion at the root of a tooth caused by inflammation and dental caries. Dentigerous cyst, we talked about this, a lucent lesion around the crown of an unerupted tooth. That's the one we talked about, the dental follicle, and how the tooth, the pressure of an erupting tooth causes this cyst to be produced. Odontogenic keratocyst, this was again very simple, unilocular, thin wall, filled with keratin, so high T1 signal and diffusion restriction, mild peripheral enhancement, and amyloblastoma, very locally aggressive, multilocular, soap bubble appearance, plenty of solid components, cystic components also, intense enhancement of the solid components. That's all for lesions of the jaw that you need to know about. There are more obscure ones, but this podcast tries to get, get to grips with the main the core knowledge you need and the more small detailed things you can learn about in your own time. It's hard to look right at your baby, but here's my number. So call me hey, I just met That's it. It's really good to be back. I really enjoy making these and I hope they're helpful to you. Please drop me an email and let me know of any other topics you need covering, things that you want me to simplify, and I will try and do a couple of episodes every week. It's good to be back. I will see you all very soon.